0: What in the hell is going on in the NFC East? The New York Giants are 2-0. The Washington Commanders, I mean, move them to London or move them to Pyongyang for all I care at the minute. And the Dallas Cowboys column won a game against the Cincinnati Bengals who now, as well as certain teams, are owing 2 with Cooper Rush, a quarterback. And for me, that's not even the main story here. The main story is Zach Taylor and another week of incredible decision making an offensive line that everyone said in the offseason that they needed to improve on it looks exactly the same people have this have people got the Bengals worked out column because it seems that they've got they've got their number at the minute to be honest with
1: you yeah and a lot of that comes down to zach taylor i i look brian had said it on uh, the friday show that this had the feel of kind of the broncos going into the the cowboys last year and Nobody gave the the Broncos a prayer, and obviously look what happened. But we all kind of felt that the Bengals... Would have would have enough that even if it was tight they, they'd have enough. But it it all uh, went went very wrong. Micah Parsons, um, I said on Friday's show they should just play him as a pass rusher, and I think that's what they have got with it. He can wreck and take over games. But yeah, when you see Burrow screaming at Zach Taylor, no more empty. Um, that that tells you the the Bengals have, I suppose brought out exactly the same playbook and we talked earlier about Mike McDaniel right what Mike McDaniel is doing we, the fact that the, the Ravens are being so creative we know McVeigh is we know Shanahan is We know teams that are, are trying to do um, different different things and yet the Bengals keep rolling out the the same thing over and over again and teams had time during the offseason and over the summer months. To look at the tape to figure out what the the tells are. Now, can the Bengals respond to the, to the response? That is the the big question there. But it's going to need a lot more from um, Zach Taylor. And yeah, right now I suppose the the line doesn't look an improvement. But I think that um, they they're, they are being helped by the play calling. And Joe Burrow cannot continue to take. He has to learn to throw the ball away at times. He has been sacked 13 times in two games. That That is not sustainable long term. Um, he's a brilliant QB, but he won't be around for a long time if he's going to continue to take that level of punishment.
2: Another six sacks yesterday um as i said and then seven last week so like 13 two games it's, it's terrible but they couldn't get the run game going either Nick, you know um they couldn't get the ball to chase they're relying on chase to get a, a big play um you know a kind of explosive play. they put them down they couldn't really move the ball over the course of the first half and they got going in the second half um slipping on the cowboys like again nobody gave them a prayer you know the expectations were was that the season is over we've had all that kind of people fe- feeling interested during the week that they just felt the season was gone already and jerry jones needs to make a trade he's not going to do it because it'll allow him to walk away from this head coach so for him to come out and he, in fairness they've been saying all week in the you know and you're kind of just take it as a given that's just saying because they have to say it but they said cooper rush knows the offense why would we make a trade and start having to get some you know lined up and understand exactly what we want him? he knows the offense he did it last year oh well it's, it wasn't Great for all the games he did it in Minnesota, and he had a really efficient game. And on the last drive, when the game looked like potentially he could get away from them, he had four forced downs and let them down for the field goal. So it's, it is it is what I felt it would be like. I did pick the Bengals, but in the back of my head, I always had a feeling it was something similar to what we saw last year when no one gave the Broncos a pair and they went in there. And the Cowboys are where last week the season was over, they're one and one. And you know, Rock going into next Monday's game against the Giants with a lot to play for.
3: Um, Frank Pollock is the person who we should hold accountable for some of this. Frank Pollock is the offensive line coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's been an offensive line coach for about 15 years in the NFL. He was a former player. He actually won the Super Bowl with the 49ers, um, played guard and tackle. But I tell you what, Joe Burrow came off and he was saying something similar to Pollock about the game plan, but it might have been a slight derivation thereof. Um Basically, they've got to fix it. They've had they've had, invested so much in it to protect Burrow. But what I really don't understand, and yes, some of it is reflective of the inconsistent line play, but the Bengals have come out now twice in a row, and it's almost been a lackadaisical approach. I don't see the urgency on the offense. I don't see the urgency from the play necessarily. And they sleepwalk through about a half, maybe three quarters, start to you know, figure out their right game plan and protecting Burrow long enough to get some passes off, come roaring back into the game and just leave enough time to mess it all up as they did against the Steelers last week and the Cowboys this week. Um, hopefully that isn't a pattern for the rest of their season for all the Bengals fans out there. They obviously had such a lack of success over the years. Obviously, you would hoping they build on last year for their point of view rather than retreat there from. Um, But really the story should be, and we focus on the Bengals because we focus about how many times poor Joe Burrow is getting knocked down, but the story should be about the Cowboys. Cooper Rush did what he needed to do. Micah Parsons, this week, they just gave up any pretense that he is anything other than an edge rusher and allowed him to wreak havoc from the edge position on the Bengals' offensive line in particular. And that defense came to play, uh, and they definitely keep the, the Cowboys in it. I mean, there is a question now. It's like, well, depending on when Prescott gets back... Looking at the Cowboys schedule, can they remain sufficiently close and sufficiently in the race uh, in the NFC East? So uh, we'll obviously see how that develops. But for one week at least, it was good enough. Fair play to the Cowboys. Congratulations. And Bengals, sort your stuff
2: out. The Cowboys fans have been crying out for for – early last week and they were coming towards the back end of last season to see more of Pollard as opposed to seeing Zeke all the time and yesterday they, they were really efficient in using Pollard in the run game and obviously getting outside on the perimeter and getting taking receptions in. He's a really dynamic player and they, they really need to use on him use him more.
0: Did anybody talk about Noah Bryan? No, because I've been... No, we left that for you, Michael. Noah Bryan... Uh... Thank you, because I would have killed you if you would said that. There, I actually have. I, I genuinely think I would have left this stream. Uh, yeah, entered the league in twenty seventeen. Got his first touchdown yesterday. If you'd said two weeks ago Cooper Rush was going to throw a ball to Noah Brown, <laughs> I did not see this coming. Twenty to seventeen over the Bengals, and what is the NFC East? And you're damn right about Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is the best running back, hybrid wide receiver in Dallas by country mile. Ezekiel Elliott is. I don't want to say the word because I don't want to annoy certain people on certain chats, but um, I'm intrigued to see what they can do, like uh, in terms of the Cowboys. Can Cooper Rush take them for a few weeks and have a bit of crack? That division is interesting. What's going to happen with the Eagles? Are the Eagles going to run away with this division? Are they not? That's going to be the uh, that's going to be the talking point over the next few weeks for me. Uh, let's slide into our last segment. Uh, our last. Uh, Sort of major discussion from, from week one because your boy has to work Monday night football and it's awful. lot it's, it's it's so so depressing. It's not. Uh, we had the GM column of the Indianapolis Colts on the show and it was an honor to have him on and I would love to have him on again. Can we just publicly point out that the Colts are a top class organization, fantastic to work with and deal with? The hell is going on with that Colts team, sir? <laughs> I mean we can sit here now and we can talk about injuries and we can talk about Hines and Pittman being out (laughs) oh, oh well they can't blame Carson Wentz anymore can they Colin what the hell is going on in Indianapolis seriously like like this is if I was a Titans fan I'd be I'd be a happy man right now no matter if they win or lose tonight because that division as it stands is trash sorry
1: well, if I was a Jags fan, I'd be even happier um, because they—they they are could could be in in the mix for it. Uh, look, the the Colts hate traveling to the Sunshine State, and they, you know, they I, I, I talked about it on Friday. The the streak in terms of the inability to win a season opener, and now the inability to win away in Jacksonville. They got beaten every which way yesterday trevor lawrence had possibly um his be- best game in uh, a jags uniform certainly one of his best games uh, the jags i mean look we all and i think the certainly the entirety of the internet gave the jags a lot of grief for the money they gave to christian kirk but if they're going to, you know, use him as the entire the focal point for the offense. And they did some really interesting things with him yesterday, again, letting him up in the, the backfield, using him not just from the slot, but all sorts of different ways. Um, it makes it a lot more justifiable that if he continues to play like he is, well, the the Jags aren't gonna care because um, he is playing really well through the, the first two weeks and helping out their young QB. Um, Obviously, we still need to see more from Lawrence. But given the situation that he found himself in last year and the situation, you know, he now has, it's night and day. You can see the change. You can see the change in the the team. It would be good for the league, right, if the Jags could be competitive. Right. They were the the butt of the joke for so long. It was a bit like the, the Browns. And you'd never want to see a fan base. Look, every, everyone, there's peaks and troughs, um, but you never want to see the the trough go on and on and on. So um, I, I think, yeah, it's good to see for the Jags. In terms of the Colts, Frank Reich's seat has got to be getting a little bit warm. And, mm-hmm. and Jim Irsay made his feelings known at the end of last year. I can't imagine he's too happy tonight.
2: We spoke on Friday about the two head coaches. One was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator at the time when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he certainly got the number of them yesterday. The Colts' offensive line for the last couple of years has been, as one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, and they've they've handed out nice contracts to players because on the back of that. But from what we see in the first two games, they just haven't got it together. and Like we saw with Matt Ryan, Mark touched on it during, during the season preview, how... how uh, Difficulties had it in Atlanta, you know, there was no offensive line for him, he was knocked down so many times, and, and right now, we, we, it's nothing different than what he's seen, he, he's not getting any time to get the ball out, and the arm players, but Taylor's not been efficient in the run game over the course of the two games, you, you were talking about teams getting figured out, has the Coles offense get figured out, because if they can't can't run the ball, and the quarterback can't get time to get the ball out, they are going to struggle. The Jags is a great story. We, we said it in the off-season. We felt that they would have a strong season. We picked Most of us picked them last week. We, they should have won that game in Washington last week. And I think me and Colin picked them this week. So the, you're saying about them being competitive. They were competitive last week. It was a blowout this week. And now next week they go and play the Chargers. So let's see what level they're at come that game when they go out to South Korea next Sunday.
0: Uh, Washington were good value last week. And I picked them, so I'm going to hold to that. Colin picked the Jags, to be fair to Colin. Mark, Matt picked, Ryan um, looks like a lad. That I think yeah, he picked the jaguars, that, Sunday, that, didn't he? I, yeah. oh, I know God. he did, and there was a whole thing about the. Uh... <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on! For people on this podcast, who is making that noise? Are, 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 you that in, are, you, are you that? excited to talk about the jaguars here, Mark? Or what's the crack, Mark? Matt I'm, Ryan I'm, has got well, you all fired
3: up. I don't know. I don't know if I'm excited to talk about the jaguars. I must admit, being a big fan of Colts acquisition of Matt Ryan and thinking of the upgrade he would represent over Carson Wentz. I found myself watching that game a little bit and waiting for the voiceover to come on. And the voiceover voiceover's gonna tell me, do not adjust your set, we control the transmission, we control the horizontal, we control the vertical, because you've now entered the twilight zone. But that's what seems to happen to the Colts every time they go to Florida. I mean, the Jags' record against them at home now is 8-0 and in the last eight appearances. I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's utterly and completely bizarre. Um, But the line, and I'll just give you one line on this, Michael, I think the guys have kind of summed it up very well. All credit to the Jags and, you know, very disappointed on the part of the Colts. The one line I saw during the rounds, which I wish I could give credit to who came up with it first, but I honestly don't know, was that the Colts are out there playing like there's a playoff spot on the line. And that, given how they performed last year, was pretty perfect, I think.
0: Yeah, and then you watch Miami, who you are probably going for a wild card, and like I mean, they couldn't list two his boots at the minute. I feel for Matt Ryan. All I'm going to say, because I know we're going to quick fire here, I feel for Matt Ryan because I feel like he deserves a chance to play in a in a a team that can go down the stretch. He he's taking a step back, and we'll talk about that more next week. As far as I'm concerned, quick fire column, you're going to talk about the Broncos in 17 and a half seconds. Go.
1: Uh, farcical, uh, you know. First, first is uh, tragedy, then then is farce. Uh, they won the game, Colin. They did, yeah. And um, uh, the the least convincing win probably yesterday. Uh, they they beat a, a Texans team who really couldn't get a, couldn't if if there had been anybody else it comes down to lovey smith and a crazy decision from lovey smith to turn down a penalty which allowed the broncos for a fourth and two if people haven't seen it the denver crowd um acted as a human play clock uh because they they needed to let them know the broncos didn't have a punt returner on on a punt the broncos uh decided they were going to um give it to a full-back on a third and one. Then that didn't obviously work, got blown up. Then they were brought on the field goal unit, but that took too long, got a delay of game, had to punt the ball away. It was a shambles, Michael. So, yes, they did win. Delighted that they got the win. But um, it's, I mean, the the Borancos have the most penalties in the entirety of, of the NFL. And through up until the fourth quarter yesterday, they actually had more penalties through the first seven quarters of the season than points. 23 penalties at that point and they had 22 points scored. Um they're, The Broncos have a long, long way to go if they're to challenge the Chargers and the Chiefs.
0: Brian, you're going to talk to us about the Patriots and they really shut me up yesterday. Mac Jones had a had a more, uh, I guess, a, a more improved thing I'm not talking about the Patriots. And, um, that's that's the marksman. <laughs> I think we should switch this up. We, we should all talk about different teams, but yes, go on ahead and talk about your 2-0 Giants in under 30 seconds, please.
2: Well, it's just... it's early in the in the, the process as they say well I, what can you recommend what Brian Dable has done. I mean the players he has at it, his disposal and in particular on the defence, I mean there's a lot of players there that are not we'll say they're paying above they're playing above their pay level, shall we say, or their, and what what they're putting out there. There's one player going into the game yesterday and he summed up the defense perfectly. He, was, he broke his collarbone in, the, in within three days of training camp. He was a rookie, fourth-round pick, Dane Belton, and they were going on about him saying he's a fantastic talent, but no one's seen anything of him. And he made his debut yesterday. He recovers the opening the opening kickoff, a fumble. He then has um, the, the tackle on the second kickoff, and then he nearly intercepts Baker Mayfield, and he had an absolute stand game. But this is what he's got. Wink Martin, you know, he's got a set of players there that aren't over the Stravens and not marquee players in the league, but they're all playing together, and that's all you ask. You know, you have a head coach and coaching staff that are getting the best out players, and you know if you're if you're doing that, you have half a battle where we hack it. I don't think that's the case. Players don't seem to know what their jobs are over there, in particular on the offense.
0: Mark, uh, improved day for Mark Jones, albeit Michel is dirt.
3: Well, I mean jesus patriots games are not going to be easy to watch during Me, that the season. wasn't easy I to listen not steelers... that was myth i'm not adding that oh sorry steelers steelers games aren't going to be easy to, uh, to watch or listen to either um steelers offense is literally non-existent i picked the pats to win this game because i actually believe that the pats defense will perform better against the steelers offense more than anything else um look it wasn't a pretty game for, by any manner of means. Uh, Lucky, probably touchdown in one respect, the most impressive piece of the Patriots game was uh, driving it to seal out the game. As we saw, they they held on to the ball for the last six minutes, 33 of the the clock. And as we saw all weekend, um, it's a few teams that would like to be able to close out games and seal the deal. So that was the impressive piece from that perspective. Two very quick things, though, just Michael. Kenny Galladay being missing, kind of an interesting sign in terms of how Brian Dayball is going to run that dressing room and say you shape it, shape, shape up or ship out uh, seems to be the message there. And secondly, and I have to say this purely because you called out the brands fans earlier on, I actually thought the behaviour of the Denver fans this weekend was appalling. I mean, you haven't even had the first half of the first game of the season home game, and you're booing this new regime. You're doing the play clock, which the first time – I've ever seen that in any NFL game ever in history. It was actually the entitlement and the actual kind of behavior I just thought was appalling, to be really blunt with you. So I just want to call that out. I just thought it was pathetic, but... You know They're one and one. They're doing well and they'll come back and maybe they'll forgive Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson someday. Mike, can, we, can we give um, Mark can we give another 30 seconds just so he Have can patience.
1: complain about the entitlement that Thomas uh, Brady showed uh, as well in terms of in- levels of entitlement?
0: Alright. Um, I agree with what he said about the fans. Fully. Embarrassing. Actually, I turned it off. Uh, Sunday night football, the Bears against the Packers, sweet Jesus, you know, I'm fortunate now that I can sit up to four in the morning and watch games, and the first two games of this season, my God of Almighty, I hope tonight's better, and that's all I'm going to say, I have nothing else to say about that, the Bears are trash, absolute dirt, and I'm sorry lads, and I know there's Bears fans in Ireland, prove me wrong, you lads are picking in the top three next year, the Packers, yeah, Randall Cobb was fired up. I mean, what what year is it with Sammy Watkins? Let's see what they're like against Tampa Bay next week. Can't wait. It's going to be a classic. Uh, Monday Night Football, we're going to read out your comments in a second. Monday Night Football tonight, there's two games. And I personally think there should be two games every week. Let's have two games every week because both games are on TV in Ireland and the UK at the same time. Incredible. Column. who you got? Vikings, Eagles. Hell of a game, man.
1: Yeah, it should be a, a, a great game. Uh, I... I think that obviously, look, the Vikings and Justin Jefferson and what they did last week, Kevin O'Connor another kind of offensive genius who's put him in motion and all this sorts of stuff. I just think that on the big emotional win over the Packers and they really dominated that game, I, I think when it comes to, to week two, you know, being at home is um, advantageous. Uh, Usually, and especially coming off kind of the emotional uh, side of things, I, I like, obviously, um, this Eagles side, given uh, my uh, season preview prediction. And I just think that they have different ways to win. Um, so AJ Brown come in in that first game and allowed them to kind of actually throw to the middle of the field. And for that reason, I think that in a very tight game, the
2: Eagles, the Eagles are going to win this one. Which defense do I trust more to win the game? since we where I'm at with this one because um, the Eagles were 4-4 four, and four, four in the red zone last week in terms of giving the Lions four touchdowns when they got down there and they're going up against what we believe is so much more. Um, explosive offense with the Vikings, and everybody for the last few weeks was Laudan Cousins. He's going to be the answer this year, and he's, he's going to have a new head coach, and he's going to be fresh, and he's not going to be playing under the Zimmer umbrella anymore, and it's not going to be any difficulty. I still have my concerns about that, but we did see last week they played well, and Jefferson was off was off to a great start this season. Um, if Horst gets outside the pocket, which an empty will, you know, he's going to run for large parts, and you know, I think he looked at his numbers last week, like they were staggering, they were running back numbers, getting out in the room, but I think at some stage the Vikings will figure that out and then ultimately I think it'll come down to which offence will find a way to get it done and which defence can stop them more so than than the offence and I don't trust that Eagles defence and in particular the secondary with Jefferson there and Thielen and other players I think and Cook didn't really have a game last week so I imagine he will have a bit of a breakout game tonight and going with the Vikings
3: Uh, Justin Jefferson should be playing for the Eagles tonight It's a draft day decision. They still got wrong back then, still continues to haunt them, still means why they've had to make massive changes, obviously, even during even this offseason to upgrade their wide receiver position. But picking Jaden Rieger over Justin Jefferson is one of those decisions that keeps on coming back to haunt them. Um, Random stat of the week, Kirk Cousins is actually 2-0 versus Philly during his uh, time as a Viking. So who knows? Maybe that's... is a stat that continues on. I honestly think this is a razor edge. Um, After one week, I don't really feel that we have enough to fully assess how these two teams are going to play. Both of them should, and I think will be in the mix in terms of the playoffs, in terms of wild cards, or indeed division titles. Uh, For the Vikings, it's a big, big game. You know, they've got that opportunity after starting with great momentum, beating the Packers in the divisional game. They need to keep that momentum flowing. Um, To me, I trust Kirk Cousins slightly more than I trust Jalen Hurts is the delineation I draw it on. So for that reason, I'm going with the Vikings uh, for tonight's game.
0: Cheers, Mark. You texted me on Thursday saying you were
3: picking the Eagles. Oh, there you go. That shows how tight it is, Michael. I thought i picked the Vikings. But, all right. Okay,
0: yeah. And you're picking the Vikings. That's fine. I'm
3: changing it to the Vikings. I'm going to the Vikings now. And uh, I'm go. not
0: concerned about the whole situation with the Eagles letting in 35 points last week because the Detroit Lions offense is really, really good. Tonight is a night that Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders runs all over this Vikings team. And again, it's going to hit the over easily. I think it'll be a shootout and I think the Vikings will lose by... A field goal. In a great Monday night game I'm looking forward to this game massively and I'll be watching this game over anything else. Uh, okay before we let our last um, game uh, we're delighted to partner with leading US sports betting providers PointsBet for the 2022 NFL season. Um, before you think you're going to get bombarded with free bets to sign up, you aren't folks. Uh, PointsBet are US-facing and are a really exciting employer of tech talent in Ireland. They've got, uh, their main office in Europe is in the city centre in Dublin, in Dublin's Liberties. Uh, key members of the team will join us throughout the season. You've probably seen an interview we had last week or the week before uh, to explain how NFL betting really works and plus what's hot and what's not on the weekend markets and we're excited folks over the course of the season to learn more about the technology and mass behind points being the home of live betting in the US to see what roles are open in the PointsBet Europe office in Dublin just search online PointsBet Dublin or you can email or check out on LinkedIn Dublin at pointsbet.com and uh, in terms of betting different podcasts during the week the over is printing money on this game because the Vikings and the Eagles are going to score this game, though. Oh, Jesus. Titans against the Bills column. Who have you got, Mip?
1: I think this will be a really close game. And that was even before we got the news that Gabe Davis is out. If this game was in Tennessee, I would be going with the Titans because I think my Verbal teams tend to bounce back. But... The Bills are special, Josh Allen is special, and the fact that it is in Buffalo leads me to believe that the Bills will find a way to win, but it will be squeaky bum time.
2: Yeah, I think this will be, I, I'm a columnist, so I think it will be a lot than people than people uh, expect um, not to get too into a betting American on it, but like it's minus ten like, for the Bills. I think that's quite quite large and there's covering that number. The potential look that's on the back of a really strong win in, in LA last week. But the Titans and Brave will have a way of kind of we saw last year when when everybody expected the Bills to go in Tennessee on the Monday night game and beat them and um, if it wasn't for Josh Allen slip at the end they would put the Titans managed to grind that out. The Titans have a knack of just pulling off these results and I, I could see them running them close, but I think in the end, despite the fact that Gabe Davis is out the Bills still have too many explosive players. And Josh Allen himself will probably be running all night long. So it'd be interesting to see how the Titans react to the, dif- the difficult defeat of the Giants last week. But in the end, I see the Bills just about f- finding the way to win.
3: I don't see just about at all. I don't think the uh, Titans are as good as they were last year. I think we saw that already. And I don't think they're going to be very good tonight. Uh, consider the last three games the Titans have played when we consider week one last season. They've been outscored 65-64 by the Texans, Bengals, and Giants. Shout out to Peter King for that one. But I particularly like that statistic, and I think it indicates a direction of travel. Uh, The direction of travel for the Buffalo Bills is up. The direction of travel for the Tennessee Tysons is down. And I will happily take any point spread you like on this one uh, in favoring the Buffalo Bills to walk it
0: no Gabriel Davis no problem this game will be over by the half the Bills are going to win this game by minimum 14 points tonight, lads uh, let's go for comments there's over 100 comments in here tonight that's why I kept that one very short and very sweet but I do believe did someone say curly-whirly from Fred I don't know what that means uh, curly-whirly is a chocolate bar in case you're in America we I talking Fred
2: a packet of curly-whirly chocolate bars
0: how much is that in the South like 7 euros for one I or know, I, get, I
2: just get them on top here Michael I
0: don't... I'll, I'll yeah, no, fire one I, down I have, I have uh, a pack Keith... here
2: ready for Fred because that was a bet yesterday I bet him a pack of Corley Warleys on the Cowboys thanks okay. again okay
0: Keith's very happy man we'll we'll get through some of Keith's comments in a bit because I know there's been a lot um, Owen saying that the Niners and the Broncos won this week I'm here on behalf of Robert Sala collecting receipts Irish Jets fans yeah our, Irish Jets fans are not happy with me anyway let's just put it that way I got DMs last night he's never heard of Beefy i don't know what That's
3: that is ian both i don't know who Michael. that is In Botham, i don't know one of the world's greatest all rounders just just go all around him, your what does he
0: go around the world or what like, what are you talking about i don't know i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> anyway right let, let, let's uh let's keep going here um oh nice comment brian looks very happy he always does to be honest with you um brian's supposed to have an elite secondary brian's missing Clowney and winkovich but guard should have been more than enough to get the statue that is joe flacco Fair play to the Jets. though to sorry, Stephen, if you didn't like my Browns comments. It obviously wasn't aimed at you. It was aimed at certain Browns fans. Well, well, sorry. Well done, well done, Colin for picking the Finns. Um, maybe you could ask if Joiner can be sent into space. Interesting. Um, they love their Hallians up there. I mean, Matt Patricia. Interesting. Uh, gonna keep going through all these. Brady must want Arians there I don't know, Mr McNutty. Let's see what happens over the next few weeks. People on the podcast are going, what is going on here? James Walsh, what do you think will happen when the Niners, after Trey Lance's injury, I think, James, that they'll make the NFC wild card and they'll probably get to the NFC Championship game and lose to the Rams again.
3: Uh, I still have the 49ers as my pick for the Super Bowl, if you remember, on the NFC side. And screw it, I'm going to stay with it.
1: Michael, okay. I think there there's a, a huge number of comments and we, we want to thank everyone for um, making the, those comments and uh, some great kind of back and forth between people uh, over uh, Trey Lance and Tua. Uh, I, I know that was uh, going on for anyone, I suppose, who's, who, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, the, the comments come in live uh, during the, the show. And if you want to get involved, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and that's the easiest way to comment certainly Uh, we always enjoy interacting with fans whether that is on Twitter whether it is on Instagram, TikTok or on YouTube so uh, definitely uh, do uh, get in touch and uh, I would just uh, like to say before we sign off for the the two uh, really good games tonight, I think it is quite something that we can say on the This show that certain teams are trash and we can say that uh, other teams wouldn't win even if they had the Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ as quarterback but fans who pay hard earned money, literally hundreds if not thousands of dollars are not allowed to express their opinion at terrible football that they pay their hard earned money to go and see in the stadium Uh, people should be allowed to express any opinion that they want if they hand over money to go and see that uh, the fans are booing from the stands they're not on the side of the field inciting a fight like Bruce Arians
0: Big Bruce this has been a crack. Uh when are we back Wednesday
1: yeah we're moving
2: Wednesday yeah, we're moving our Thursday show to Wednesday from this week on yeah so Monday Wednesday Friday
0: and it's, uh, 10 o'clock yeah no that sounds good I can't do nine so 10 o'clock Wednesday night uh, we are ranked at the minute number two in Ireland in football podcast thanks to everyone for that that means an awful lot to us thank you so much uh, and enjoy the games tonight if you're watching from myself from Column, from Brian from Mark all of our DMs are open ask us anything NFL we'll chat to we'll chat to you then.